Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Living Hope Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information about our church, please visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com. Heavenly Father, as we prepare to uh, open scriptures and look at this together, Lord, we want to be attentive to your Holy Spirit. And Lord, if there is anything that is uh, standing in our way of uh, deepening our relationship with you, I pray that you would reveal that to us, Lord, that requires a bit of reflection and a work of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we want to say that we're open to that because we do desire uh, a deeper connection with you, Lord, a deeper relationship with you. And, um, yeah, we love you, Jesus. Lead us this morning. Amen. In the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Jesus is teaching his disciples about the kingdom of God, and he's wanting to help them understand it a little bit better. And so he gives them two examples about the kingdom. Um, in, in chapter 13, verse 44, he, he gives this example The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Okay, now this next part is fascinating. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And then Jesus gives another example, verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of pearls. All right, and then this is the second part that's kind of fascinating who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. So in the parable of the field, right, like let's just kind of unpack that for a minute. The man finds a treasure, and I mean this is a parable, it's a made-up story, but we'll just kind of look at this here a little bit. Um, So he finds this treasure. Presumably no one else knows it's there because he, he hides it, he covers it up again. But he knows about it, and fields are expensive, and he wants to buy this field so that he can claim this treasure. Um, And so he liquidates everything. He sells everything he has. Everything is gone so that he can buy this field. But he knows that in giving up everything, he's actually able to obtain something far greater than he ever had before. So with joy... He sells everything he has to buy this one field. And kind of a similar thing with, with, the, uh, um, with the guy that finds the pearl, right? He's a merchant, he knows pearls, uh, and he finds one that he wants. It, it's exquisite, and so with great joy, he gets rid of everything so that he can buy this one pearl. We can, um, here's another story that's maybe a little bit closer to home. I still remember in college, uh, sitting in class and overhearing a couple guys talk, and one guy had had a Jeep. And the other guy asks him about the Jeep, and he says, well, I sold it, and my fiancé is now wearing it on her finger. And my first thought was, that was probably a very expensive ring. Like, I don't know the going price on Jeeps and rings. But, but the point being, right, is that he had something that he wanted. He wanted to propose to this woman that he loved. And so, presumably, with joy, he sells the Jeep so that he can propose to this woman. So here's the kingdom of God, right? We discover something of immense value, like just incredible value, and it's important to us. 
And we are so compelled by this thing that we have found that we are willing to forsake everything else for the sake of attaining this treasure, this kingdom. So we're continuing in a sermon series on the book of Luke. Um, we're going we're gonna to take this until the, uh, the end of the year. I, I knew we wouldn't make it all the way through Luke, but I wanted to just get as far as we could. Um, and so we're gonna, we'll take this up until the new year. And actually, um, we'll start a new ser- sermon series in January. There's actually a bit of a survey in your bulletin. Um, I mean, we'll pick up some new, uh, uh, new series, but if there is a particular book of the Bible that you're interested in or topics that, that, you, that you are intrigued by, would, um, yeah, would love to hear that. So take note of that. Uh, but today we're in Luke 18, and we read a story that we have nicknamed or that we have labeled the story of the rich young ruler. Some of you may be familiar with this story. Um, a young man comes to Jesus. He's very wealthy, and Jesus tells him to sell everything and come follow him. But I I think really more at the heart of what's going on is that Jesus is telling this man to get rid of all earthly barriers because Jesus knows that for this young man that that his wealth is a barrier, but if if he can get past that, there is a treasure greater than anything else on, on this earth. And Jesus doesn't want this young man to miss out on it. Let me read this story to you. Uh, I'm in Luke. I'm in um, chapter 18. I'm in verse 18. And a ruler asked him, so that would be Jesus, asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father, your mother. And he said, all these I've kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to inherit the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? But he said, What is impossible with man is possible with God. And Peter said, See, we have left our homes and followed you. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record a version of this story. Um, Luke identifies the man as a ruler uh, and rich. Um, Other accounts tell us that... um, or, or the, the, the Greek on young that the scholars say probably suggests that this guy was in his 20s. Um, other accounts tell us that, that he was young. They use this word young. Um, we don't know what's really meant by ruler. Some think that perhaps he was a Pharisee, uh, but the story doesn't tell us, so I guess it's not that important. Um, but it is enough to suggest that this guy has done really well whether it's like academically or in his career or professionally or something, but he's very young, he's very wealthy, and obviously he's done very well in his chosen profession or field or or area of study. 
Um, I think that it, it's pretty unusual for someone to be so young and to do so well, particularly in a religious career, um, and amass for themselves um, so much money. It talks about him being extremely rich. My assumption is that he was probably born into a lot of money, um, but it's still done very well in, in his career. Um, but all that to say, like, like this guy's like hot stuff, right? Very young, very wealthy, had done very well professionally, right? So he's got a lot going for him. He comes to Jesus, and he, and he calls him good teacher, now, that's interesting. The, the historians say that's really unusual because if he was a Pharisee, they, they were actually very careful about that terminology, and they never called anything good except for the law. And so we don't know if, if he's being kind of sarcastic and a bit mouthy, or, or if he is actually, if this is a sign of respect and humility. What's interesting is that Jesus doesn't know either what what direction he's going with this because jesus says what do you mean by good right even jesus raises the question because culturally like he like something was was going on there jesus goes on to list um some of the ten commandments but if if you look at it he only lists the second half of the ten commandments the first half deal in our relationship with the lord but the second half of the ten commandments deal with how we interact with other people and jesus lists those at which, again, is, is kind of interesting. Um, so Jesus only lists the ones that deal with people, which, I mean, some of these religious rulers were not known uh, for being particularly kind or grace-filled towards other people. And this guy claims that he's done all of that. Like, since a kid, been doing all that. And so it is interesting because in his own eyes, this young man has done everything to qualify, like for heaven, for, for, for kingdom of God, favor with God, like according to his metrics, right, he's good. He has checked all of the boxes. And yet, it seems that he knows that something's not right. Um, I think this young man had a sense that like, he, he has everything. He has a career. He has money. He, he's, he's been the, the, the good kid who's checked all the boxes, but still has a sense that there's more to life than this. Blaise Pascal was a famous uh, French mathematician, physicist, uh, inventor. Uh, I remember hearing about him in chemistry class. Um, the guy was absolutely brilliant in, in, in what he did. But he was also a man who loved Jesus. And sometimes today you will hear people talk about, well, you know, there's like a God-shaped hole in, in all of us. That was actually his concept. Uh, because he loved Jesus, he also did, I think, like commentaries and philosophy. And so he actually wrote that out. Now, we have taken it, summarized it, and dumbed it down. But this is what he originally wrote. What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but there was once in man a true happiness, of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace. This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there the help he cannot find in those that are, though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, by God himself. I suspect that this rich young ruler 
had this sense of that craving and this helplessness which only God can fill. And I also think that's why Jesus responded in, in the way that, that he responded. Mark records a very interesting line that Luke actually leaves out, right? Luke tells us this. Jesus heard this. He said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have, distribute to the poor, then you'll have treasure in heaven, come follow me. But Mark records it this way. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, you lack one thing, go and sell all that you have, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, come follow me. I think that's an important part of this story. Everything that Jesus said to this man was out of love and compassion to him. Jesus knew that this rich, young, prosperous, successful man was missing something. And it was God. It was relationship with God. It was fellowship with God. This wealthy young man had bought into a religion of works. And by that metric, he realized, he knew that he had checked all the boxes, but I believe he still had a sense that that wasn't cutting it and that something wasn't right and that he intuitively realized that this isn't working. Like there needs to be, there needs to be more. And so Jesus responds out of love. So Jesus tells him two things, right? The first, sell all your stuff, give it away. And then the second, follow me, follow Jesus. Now, we tend to focus on the selling and the giving, because that's, that's pretty drastic, that's pretty dramatic, right? But that's not the core of the story, right? We know from other scriptures that the most important thing is to love and follow Jesus, right? Like, that's the follow me part, right? So the most important thing for this young man is follow me, follow Jesus, right? Like, that's, that's what we're going for here. But... He had a roadblock. He had something that was going to get in the way. He had something that was going to cause continual distraction. Something that was going to cause lack of focus. And so it needed to be removed. And so Jesus, in effect, says, look, your wealth is in the way of following me just because it's going to distract you all the time. Get rid of it, and then you'll be able to follow me freely and with abandon." And then Jesus has this comment, how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. William Barclay had a great comment. He says, the whole tendency of possessions is to shackle a man's thoughts to this earth. The tendency not a guarantee like some people kind of rise above this but the tendency of possessions is to shackle a man's thoughts to this earth so jesus out of love for this young man is wanting to remove all the barriers for this young man so that he could follow jesus with an abandon no restrictions nothing holding him back and honestly we don't know if the young man eventually did it we, we don't know how the story plays out for this young man. We don't know if we'll meet him in heaven. But we do know that initially that he was sad because he had a lot of wealth and that wealth was very important to him. And those are two different things. He had a lot of wealth and it was very important to him. We see Jesus giving customized answers 
like this to a lot of people where it's removing barriers so that the person could full heartedly follow Jesus, right? And um, we a couple of quick examples. One guy wanted to do a funeral for a family member, and, and some of the scholars say, well, that could be up to like a month-long event, right? And Jesus says, don't worry about it. Let the dead bury their dead. Like, come follow me. And another guy says, well, let me say goodbye to my household. Well, when we picture a household, we picture like four people in the home. For them, household was like 50 to 100 people, right? Like this is all the third cousins and everything, right? So it's going to take a while. Jesus says, don't worry about it. Follow me. Should you sell everything you have, give the money away? I don't know. Maybe. It kind of depends. The goal is not riches. The goal is not fame. The goal is Lord over every area of our life. When, when you and I became Christians, a transaction happened, right? We gave Jesus our, our sin and our garbage and our pain and all these other kinds of things. And then we received the Holy Spirit and eternal life. Honestly, like looking back, like just be honest, that was an easy transaction, like, who wouldn't want to make that trade? Like, in some ways, it's, it's kind of like, I give you my sin and my garbage, and you give me life and eternal... Okay. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a, like, duh, you know? But, and a lot of people, I think, sadly, stop there. But is Jesus Lord over every area of your life? Like, does he have control of your wealth? Does he have control of your future? Will you let your reputation be ruined out of following him? Um, will you give up the bitterness? It's weird the way that we sometimes cling to bitterness. Are you willing to surrender the bitterness to him that, that, that you cling to? We had, um, years ago, I, I did track. It's a missions program as a participant, and we had this grandma lady, Donna Jordan, come in who taught on the hearing on the voice of God, and like this was her full-time gig. She just traveled the world doing this, mainly with YWAM. And, uh, but we had this experience where we were supposed to identify or, or write out anything that stood between us and God, and we were, it was kind of a collaboration with, with a YWAM base that, that was there. And so we show up, so we we're supposed to go home and work on this. Well, next day we show up, and they've got a bonfire going. Right? And some people had written out some stuff and they threw it in the bonfire. A lot of people brought stuff. I mean, all kind like, seat clothes. One guy had, like, a bag of clothes. Like, a lot of stuff went up in flames that day. Jesus commanded this young man to sell everything and give away the money because it was a roadblock to this young man following Jesus, and obtaining a much, much greater treasure in heaven. And even just, just the life and the adventure and the eternity and the peace and the purpose found only in Jesus. But this young man, at least when this story happens, because we don't know how the story truly ends, when, when it happens, he is short-sighted, and all he sees is his love for his stuff. And he fails to see, at least in the moment, he fails to see what could be on the other side of that. Hebrews 12.1, um, popular verse, right? 
Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. Okay, so for years when I read that, I understood that as just throw off any and all sin and run the race. Then I was at a deal. There was a missionary couple there. Um, They were working in, in kind of this remote part of China where it was like, I, I, it was like less than a dozen Christians in a town of like 100,000. I mean, it was just amazing. Um, and I will say on the front end that they loved it, right? Like they were actually having a blast. Um, and they, they said they would totally do it again. But he unpacked this, and it was very fascinating. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin. And his interpretation was that those are two different things. Yes, we lay aside the sin, but there are also weights that frankly aren't a sin, but they still hold us back. Get rid of the sin, but then also just anything that that holds you back from pressing hard after Jesus. What weight, what hindrance, what distraction is in our life that prevents us from fully following Jesus. Now, if we were on some kind of, like, spiritual retreat, or we had, like, two days on this, or just had more time, right? Like, I'd send you off, and I'd have you journal, you know, and you'd reflect on this, and there would be some discussion questions, and we'd we'd work through that on, like, what's the barrier and that kind of thing, right? Because to really figure this out really needs some good personal reflection or or a significant move of the Holy Spirit. Um, And frankly, we don't, have the time. I mean, lunch is waiting for us here in just a couple minutes. And um, so here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you off with homework and a prayer. And the homework is for you to reflect on this, spend some time thinking through this. Like, what are, are there barriers in your, in your heart that, that need to be removed for you to grow closer to Jesus? And me, like for this young man, it was pretty significant. Sell everything. Um, other people didn't get that command. I don't know, right? It's a customized answer. And um, so for you to to reflect on that. And then I'm going to send you off with a prayer. And this is my prayer. Is that if there is something that you would experience no rest until it's resolved. My prayer is that until you deal with this, like you're a miserable wreck. Like you don't sleep well. You don't like life is miserable. You can't think about anything else. Like, that's going to be my prayer for you, is that if there is something, until you resolve it, there is no rest to your soul and no rest to your eyes. Because what's on the far side of this is so much greater than than you or I could ever imagine. And we know that just because Scripture tells us. I'm not making that up. And, and the fullness and the details of that, we don't know. We, we, we are just kind of accepting that by faith. But Jesus continually says, and Scripture continually says, it is, it is beyond imagination what's on the far side of that. And if there's some kind of roadblock that's interfering with us seeing that more clearly or pursuing that more, more wholeheartedly, then whatever it is, it's got to go. Right? Just like the man who sold everything to buy the field, joyfully, with glee, liquidated everything 
because he knew what was on the other side. Um, the man who sold everything to buy the pearl. And even for this rich young ruler, a great treasure awaits you and I far beyond anything that, that this world has to offer. I'm going to pray. This is also the, the prayer for the meal. Um, when I'm done with the prayer, you're dismissed, and you guys can start heading down the hallway, and, uh, and we'll serve you there. It is a, a free will offering, so there's just a basket, and you can leave your donation there. Um, thank you for, uh, for staying and for contributing to that. Um, we're doing a fundraiser now. We may do another one in spring, but this is to, to help pay for kids to go to Glorietta Camp. Um, the prices for Glorietta aren't out. Last year, they, it was just a camp fee was $350, and so by the time you figure travel and getting down there and all that kind of thing, we're assuming maybe about $450, $500 per youth that, that wants to go. So that's, that's what we're, we're looking at. And so thanks for, for helping out with that. So I'm going to pray for you, and then we'll go have some lunch. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, uh, with open hands. Lord, we thank you for this, this wonderful story, uh, this convicting story of this rich young man. And Lord, we, we see in your word how this young man had a barrier to fully pursuing hard after you. And it was all this earthly wealth that he had somehow accumulated. And Lord, we recognize that, that your response to him was, was customized to him. But Lord, for each person here, for each person listening, Lord, it's a journey, honestly, to have you, Lord, in every area of our life. And so, Lord, for each person, we ask, what's the thing in the way, Lord? What's the thing in the way to the next step? To, the, to, to progressing further in our relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would make that clear to each of us. And Lord, I pray that, that we would receive no rest and no peace until it's resolved, whatever that may be. Because God, you are the ultimate treasure. And you are the thing that we desire most. And you are the thing that we want to pursue hard after. Lord, we thank you for how gracious you are with us. We thank you that just like you love that young man, you love us. Lord, we thank you that salvation is available to anyone and that, and that we can have it, that you offer us that free gift, but it is something that we have to consciously accept and receive. So I ask for your, your blessing over this group, your protection as well too, and that we would grow closer to you and that we would fulfill your agenda for this church and for this community and for our lives. Thank you for this meal. We also ask your blessing upon our, our youth, Lord, as, as they, um, in, in a way, begin this journey of, of going to camp as well, too. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.